This is Sports Talk with Jock Wilson on News Talk 770, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. And where do we find our CFL insider tonight? Well, we find him in the beautiful downtown core of Montreal as uh, he's going to kick off the CFL season Thursday night. Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Montreal Alouettes. Mr. Souter, hopefully you had a great, safe flight into Montreal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A lot of uh, work got done on the plane. Look at some of the league trends from last year and uh, some positive stuff, really. I can go over some of the numbers if you want later, John. Sure. But the, um, there is some real spot positive uh, sort of numbers and trends that are happening over the last two years with some of the rule changes. I know a lot of the focus has been on the challenges and how that gets a little frustrating for fans, but and I would agree with that, but uh, there are some good numbers as well. Um, you know, and I, I'm looking forward to this game every single year I request. not always I don't always get it, but I request to do the Great Cup rematch this year because Durant and Chris Jones and the feud in the off season and the <laughs> words that were sent back and forth, I said, hey, if I could pick one, it might just be Sask at Montreal. So they gave me this one to kick it off. Well, you know, it's interesting. We're keeping a close eye on TSN tonight because the top 50 CFL players are going to be released tonight. Obviously, you're not part of that package this evening. All I know is, that, and I'm guessing here, there's going to be more than three Stampeders on that list. Only three Stampeders made that list last year. Well, and I think it, it might be time that Bo Levi Mitchell takes number one. I think so. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's that's the debate, and that's no disrespect to Mike Riley. And, you know, I, I think you even add to the equation, because he did it in his first year as a starter, Jonathan Jennings in, in Vancouver. And, you know, depending on what happens early in the season, there could be some names that are way down the list that all of a sudden jump up. I, I really think that Ricky Ray is going to have a big year working with Mark Tressman. I, I, you know, I think this could be that that year like Calvillo had in his first year with Tressman. So um, let's see what happens there. I, I think Ricky will be down the list, but um, that might not be the way he plays this year. But there will be a lot of stamps on it, and there will be a lot of, um, you know, there'll be the odd guy that isn't on it that gets fired up about it. And that's one of the reasons we like to do it. <laughs> well, you're bang on it. And it's funny because I had some fun on Twitter today. Charleston Hughes, he says, yeah. you know, I really don't care about the list. As long as I'm, I'm ahead of Sean Lemon, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I wonder how many little side bets there are going on between players and different teams and even players on the same teams. I mean, um, you know, that, that's the reason for it, really. It, it's a cross-section of voters across the country. Um, everyone's list is different. And, you know, you take a look at um, the position requirements and things like that. But, uh, you know, it starts with quarterback, I think, tackles, um, offensive line. And when it looks at especially left tackles with right-handed quarterbacks, I think you they, they have, have moved up in prominence. Um, and even Adam Big Hill, you know, you, we, you're seeing the odd defender up in the top five as well, which is almost unheard of in these kind of lists. Uh, but they're they're for fun, and they're just to get guys, people talking and get a little buzz going about the league and who the top players are to watch and, and all those kind of storylines. 
The, the other thing we love to talk about, CFL power rankings, because here we are the, on the verge of a brand new season. Now, the Calgary Stampeders do open the season on the top of the CFL power rankings. I don't think that surprises anybody. The BC Lions, however, a very close second. Now, the BC Lions were 12-6 and six last year. They won a playoff game for the first time in five years. They did get bombed by Calgary in the West Division final. But here's Lions head coach and general manager Wally Buono. He says it's time for his team to take the next step. Part of what this team has to do is mature, uh, understand uh, when you play big games, you have to rise up to to that level. Not that we didn't do that last year, but, you know, I think there was a little bit of an inconsistency there. And, you know, and that's just sometimes just part of growth. Part of growth, according to Wally Buono. Now, Milt Stiegel of TSN, he sort of stirred the pot. He says BC is going to win the Grey Cup this year. That didn't play well here in Calgary, Glenn. Um, what, what, what do you, where do you have your power rankings? You know, hey, I, I can be a homer. I, I've got to say the Calgary Stampede. Well, I don't have to, but I, I do believe the Calgary Stampeders should be number one on the power list. Uh, you know, I do it out of respect. This, this is how I always do this going in for me. It's... It's the number one teams in the division are number one until they're knocked off the top of the mountain. And that puts Calgary in the top of the mountain. And uh, until, and especially with, with Bo and the way he's playing, uh, you know, I, and, and the, the win totals that he keeps accumulating, that there's no way you can bump the Calgary Stampeders off the number one spot by looking at a team on paper. Having said that, I think the Lions have made up some ground. And that was an interesting comment that you just played from Wally Buono because I think Coach Buono was basically talking about his matchups against the Stampeders. Uh, you know, when he when he says we were inconsistent when we played the big games, because you know I don't know if he'd tell you this, and I don't know if he even believes it, but I I think the consensus across the league is Calgary's a team to beat. You know, and I remember back in the old days when we were preparing every year in training camp to beat Doug Flutie's Calgary Stampeders, because if you could beat that team then you pretty much could beat any team. And, and so that's, you know, that's what I think is happening right now, that the, the, the West Division is looking at Calgary as the front runners. They're on top of the hill, and they are trying to put their rosters together personnel-wise, scheme-wise, to beat Bolivai Mitchell and to beat the Calgary defense. Uh, the West Division is going to be so tough this year because uh, it's driven by quarterbacks. And, you know, some of the top quarterbacks are obviously in this division. Bo Levi Mitchell, Mike Riley, you know, Matt Nichols. Uh, you can certainly go down the list. You know, Jonathan Jennings in B.C. Uh, the wild card is the game that you're doing Thursday night, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now, we talked about Vince Young last week, and, and, and you thought there was a way that they were probably going to try to keep him around, at least maybe on the injured list, just to see, you know, if he has some potential because he never got into any preseason action. That obviously wasn't the case. And now it's Kevin Glenn's team. Brandon Bridge is a close number two. And and you've got some injury issues. Chad Owens isn't going to go this week. Uh, Rob Bag is not going to go this week. Uh, uh, this Saskatchewan team, Glenn, I, I, I really don't have a good read on it all. I think their offensive line is good. I, I think they've got some good receivers. How good are they going to be defensively? I, I just don't know how they're going to match up in this West Division because it's so tough. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, and I think they'll be better than they were to start last season. I mean, last season they, they really struggled on defense, which surprised everybody because their head coach is a defensive expert in Chris Jones. So that really surprised people. They didn't get really going until midway through the season, and then it was a better second half. Offensively, they started strong and had some injuries and at, at quarterback. So, uh, 
It is a tough. It's a tough team to gauge. There's there's more pressure on Chris Jones than any other head coach in the league right now, and that's not just because it's Saskatchewan or not just because you know they were five win team last year. It's because of the way he's gone about it. He he has got rid of all the popular players. And you know when we were talking last week about Vince Young. I thought there was really two scenarios. There was one that they would keep him around on the practice roster only, not not under contract, because mm-hmm. if he's under his normal contract, he's taking 130, 140 out of the out of the kitty, and that's not going to happen when he's injured and hasn't even proven that he can play. So it had to be a practice roster. He didn't do that, but they sent him home. Now no team's going to pick up Vince Young. No. So Chris Jones is basically saying, "Go home rehab, get yourself better." And we'll see where we sit in four or five weeks. The question that Ryder fans have, I can guarantee you, Jock, and the question I have going in is, if Saskatchewan is better, and I think people believe they are. I mean, Naaman Roosevelt and Deron Carter, if he stays on the rails, could be a great tandem into the boundary receiving core-wise. And I, I would even, if they if they can keep Deron Carter under control, you're, you're looking at potentially, you know, uh, just an Adarius Bowman sort of Darrell Walker combination into the boundary. So um, they do have some talent, and Kevin Glenn can pull the trigger. The question is, who are they going to make ground on in the West Division? Right. And that and that's where you'd start to break down all of the rosters, and you say, well, you know, is is the West Division going to be a just over 500 division because there's so much parity? And and we're looking at tiebreakers at the end of the year, you know, ten wins, eleven wins, kind of deal because there's just so much parity in the West. But I agree. I mean, if if you're ranking them, um, you know, and I don't make predictions, but if you're ranking them, you've got to put because there's so many question marks. Put Saskatchewan, right. you know, struggling to get into the fight right now. Well, you're right. Do, do I think the Calgary Stampeders are going to have a fifteen two and one season? No, I, they're not going to have thirty one points this year. Uh, you know, will they get twelve thirteen wins? I, th- I think that's fair. You know, BC. I think they certainly could get you know twelve wins again. You know, if Saskatchewan's going to get one or two more wins, uh, who's going to who's going to drop off? Like if you look at the other teams, Winnipeg or, or Edmonton, do you see one of these teams maybe dropping off a little bit? No, I. I really don't because there. Let's start with Edmonton. I mean, the the big question mark in Edmonton is, of course, Darrell Walker. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it, it, that's a fourteen hundred yard guy in Darrell Walker. Can they replace that guy? I think they can. I mean, there were some a couple of guys in the preseason that stepped up and played well in the preseason game against Calgary, and you know, I think they've by committee will will be able to replace those numbers. Vidal Hazelton is an accomplished receiver, so. There's that question mark. I think is answered. Two quarterbacks that are very capable. In fact, some are arguing that between James Franklin and Mike Riley, you got the best one-two punch in the league. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think. And defensively, they should be better than they started last year. Last year they struggled. They were playing. They were a soft zone team, and they struggled on defense um, for most of the year. I, I think they'll be better there. So. You look at Winnipeg now, if you move over to there, Matt Nichols, this is the team to me that no one is giving really any credit to, but the team that won the takeaway giveaway category by a long shot last year because their defense attacks and their defense are playmakers, and they added Tristan Opelougo over there. If you remember Opelougo from Toronto, he's a off-the-edge, great first-step pass rusher that him and Westerman as bookends, I think they're better on defense. So, 
you know, I <laughs> again, I this is going to be a roll up the sleeves <laughs> dogfight from top to bottom in this division. I, I just it's it's hard to. But again, having said that, Calgary is on top until someone knocks right. them off. In the Eastern Conference, again, it's going to be very tough to predict, and I know you don't like making predictions, but, uh, you know, Ottawa are the defending champions. Uh, They don't have a lot of the key pieces from that championship team, as Chris Williams is in Vancouver. Uh, Obviously, Henry Burris retires. You you can go down the list. Uh, Did you have to, you know, again, until somebody knocks them off, I guess you got to give them a scoreboard, but uh, how do you see this Eastern uh, Conference shaping up? Yeah, you know, I I will do that again. Just out of respect, you, you say, hey, there's the, they're the top dogs because they won the cup, and now they get a chance to defend that until someone knocks them off the top of the hill. They're they're there, but you're right. I mean, you take a look at just the losses alone. Ernest Jackson's another one right. now in Montreal. Two of their thousand yard receivers gone, and I I think Chris Williams is the key because he was opening up so much room for everyone else, and he'll do that in BC when he's healthy. They think that'll be probably week three or four of the year, um, and Trevor Harris is a great quarterback, and I, I think when he was playing in tandem, whether it was in Toronto or Ottawa, um, you know, he, he showed you what he's capable of, and he can be a 5,000 to 6,000-yard passer, no question. Where, where I saw him have some issues was when he faced some adversity and Henry Burris wasn't available, and he had to kind of bounce back on his own from, you know, one quarter to the next quarter. I, I That's something that you know i think is sort of just a a maturity process where once you are the guy and you're handed the keys now you have to show through your body language that nothing is going to phase you no matter whether it's a pick for a touchdown or whatever it may be that that happens in a game that you're the leader we basically can handle anything get back in the huddle let's call the next play and i i need to see trevor harris do that over and over again to sort of anoint him as sort of yeah this guy's going to be an Eastern All-Star. So we'll see there. And again, if you move to the East and you're looking at Toronto, Jock, I'm really intrigued by this Argo team mm-hmm. with Ricky Ray. And I don't know if you saw on, on Twitter um, the John Gruden. Yeah, I, I watched it. on the, It's on the CFL website, too. Yeah, like John, John Gruden basically takes time out of his day to put on an Argo hat. Now, you, you know that this was in some ways sort of a marketing tool, sure. of course. But um, bottom line in he, is he knows Tressman well. And, uh, you know, I have nothing but respect for Mark Tressman. Jeff Matthews in the backup role played pretty well in the, in the uh, preseason. And I think Ricky Ray can be that guy like Anthony Calvillo was when Tressman went in there. He works on a protection-first system, much like Dave does. If you can't protect the quarterback on his team, you can't play on his offense. And if Ray gets some time, watch out. I think he could be a good t- you know, back to that great form that he was as an all-star. So, you know, bottom line here is, is no one really knows what Toronto is going to do and, and basically look at them and say, yeah. Uh, they're probably going to struggle because of their crowds and everything else. None of that matters when you cross the stripe. Let's see what Tressman can do with Ray. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and and Montreal's a little unknown, too. How is Darian Durant going to play? You know, Cavis Reed has taken over that team. So uh, Hamilton, you know, Zach Calero stays healthy. I think you got to put them in the mix. Uh, so, hey, I, I think both divisions are going to be very, very competitive. Yeah, I still think, you know, looking on paper, again, it's, it's important to say that because, 
you know, once the bullets start flying, you just never know. I mean, which teams step up and which are the young guys that you didn't know about coming into the season um, can take the step to, to translate what they did in camp in the preseason into regular season action now, all of those kind of things. Um, you know, and Durant in Montreal really solidifies that. That was really their only issue in Montreal. Mm. I mean, Montreal has always played well on defense. In fact, you know, group of all-stars on defense. Although they, they lost a few of those all-stars, though. They, they have. Yeah. They have. And it, and it was a, a bit of a head-scratcher with uh, <laughs> Bear Woods. But, it certainly was. Yeah, but, um, you know, clearly, in order to make that move, Cavis Reed has got to feel real good about the young guys he's got in that core um, in camp. So let's see which name emerges and mm. was good enough to beat out Bear Woods. <laughs> 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 Isn't that the truth? Hey, Glenn, uh, tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick time out yeah. here. Uh, we got one more short segment with our CFL insider before we, let's, we let him go and enjoy Montreal tonight. Of course, the CFL season is right around the corner. It kicks off on Thursday. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Montreal Alouettes. Friday night, you don't want to miss it. The Calgary Stampeders and the Ottawa Red Blacks. It is a great cup rematch. Our pregame show, the Truman Insurance pregame show, on the air at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's play-by-play action with Mark Stephen and Greg Peterson at 5.30. Uh, Glenn, we don't have a lot of time, but you teased off the top. There's some interesting trends, some interesting numbers that you wanted to share with the listeners tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, just going over some of the trends and, and numbers from last year and, and how it sort of relates with regards to some of the rule changes. For instance, um, passing yards were up 21% overall from two years ago and points per game up 30% from a couple of years back. So, some of the rule changes, illegal contact, things like that, are creating more offense, more scoring, more passing yards, kick returns, big plays on kick returns, which are basically kick returns over 30 yards, I believe, um, up 43% from 2014. Uh, that's that's a major number. And, and when you look at last year's sort of parity, um, 54% of the games decided in the last three minutes eight overtime games last year, which was the same number as the last five years combined. So we're seeing tremendous parity where if you're, you know, from a Calgary fan to an Argo fan to whomever, you you are, your team has a chance going in. And even if your team is struggling, we saw some great close games. I mean, 53 of the 81 games last year, they were won by teams that came from behind in games. And, you know, to me, those are some really positive trends. Now, the one negative one, challenges were up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and challenges were up by about 41%. And uh, I think what the league office is hoping will happen this year is when they made it tied, the challenge tied to the timeout, even the first one. Remember, they used to get the first one free, the coaches. But now it's tied to their timeout. So if they lose the challenge in their first one, they lose a timeout. And that's going to – that changed it in the second half, and I, and they're, I think they're expecting it to even drop that much more. And one other one, Jock, I thought was interesting because there's so much sort of negative press about the average game times, like the duration of the games. Right. The averages last year were 251, two hours and 51 minutes. So – uh, well below the NFL by a long shot and way below college football, major college football in the States. And if you're under three hours, you're, that's the goal. So all real positive trends, and hopefully uh, we can 
shake down some of this uh, challenge <laughs> stuff and, and not frustrate the fans in that regard. I say we as in the league doing it. But, sure. Uh, us as uh, broadcasters trying to explain it as well. And I just got the release from TSN, so the top 50 are now out. Nine Calgary Stampeders, and you nailed it. Number one, Bo Levi Mitchell on the uh, on the list. I, I don't think that surprises a lot of fans as he's coming off an MOP season. He's earned it, man. He, he has, has earned, earned it. it. Hey, losses alone, he's earned it. You betcha. Glenn, really appreciate your time. You have a great broadcast on Thursday night. Uh, we won't chat on Thursday night because you're going to be working, but we'll do it twice next week. That sounds great. Thanks, Jock. All right. Glenn Suter, our CFL insider. Glenn, uh, Alex Singleton, number 47, just quickly going down the list. Micah Johnson, number 45 on the list. So nice for Micah Johnson to get some love. Tommy Campbell. Tommy Campbell is number 39 on the list. Spencer Wilson, good to see the big offensive lineman for Calgary. He makes the list at number 36. So uh, good from that standpoint. Oh, Charleston Hughes will be happy because Sean Lemon is number 34. So Charleston Hughes is way ahead of uh, of Sean Lemon on this list. Uh, I'm just looking at some quarterbacks. Darian Durant's number 29 on the list. Matt Nichols at number 28. Ricky Ray, number 27. So just uh, quickly scrolling down again, finding some more Calgary Stampeders. Jamar Wall, number 21. Devaris Daniels, number 20 on the list. Uh, then you go all the way up. You know, to uh, where's the running back? There's got to be a running back. Oh, Derek Dennis, the former Stampeder, he's number nine. Jerome Mess, uh, Jerome Messam is number eight on the list. Charleston Hughes, number seven on the list. And then, of course, number one on the list is your quarterback, Bo Levi Mitchell. You're up to speed on the top 50 in the CFL. This is News Talk 770. Sports Talk with Jock. Weekdays from 630 to 8 p.m. on News Talk 770 Calgary, CHQR.